touch my shoulder, it would touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? And more radio starts now. And this is Spirits and More Radio. I'm your host, Steve Rowan. Uh, we are out in front of the Whaley House tonight. Right now. I'm going to turn the music down. So the Whaley House is in Old Town, San Diego, and we're like literally set up off the porch, totally bootlegged tonight. And I've got uh, with me, if you heard the last show when we were in Orange County last weekend for Creep It Real, I've got Ace Jordan here. Say what's up, Ace. I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Good, good. And then uh, Eric Van Leer's here too in Golden State Haunts. How are you doing? I'm hoping we could still make it out to Elfin Forest after this podcast. Yeah. So um, that's another thing. We're going to try and get to Elfin Forest tonight. We'll see if that happens. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's possible. So we'll see. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, what we did tonight, which was over at SeaWorld uh, San Diego. So this is the very first year that SeaWorld's doing like sort of a big scale haunt. Uh, they've done something called something trick or treat for kids, but that was for like really little kids, like toddlers, pretty much just candy stations around the park. So tonight we saw uh, three haunted houses, legitimate haunted houses, and then there was a show, um, and then there were scare zones, and there was food and stuff like that. Uh, and then of course the the roller coasters, which we went on as well. So um, anyway, Eric, what was your favorite part of the night? There was one haunted house. Uh, Ace has the map. It had a uh, mental hospital theme. It's called um, Nightmare Experiment. Yeah, that was, you know what? That was the last one we did. I really liked that one. Uh, we got some pictures. If you go to Spooks and Spirits Instagram, you can see some photos I took. If you go to Creepy AF, you can see photos that uh, Ace took and uh, Golden State Haunt, and you can see what Eric took. But um, yeah, that was really good. I liked it. It was well done. Uh, I think there could have been more actors in that one, but I would say the production quality was really good. Um, not too much sounds. Do you guys remember sounds, much audio track going on in there? In the asylum? Yeah. Not really. That wasn't that one wasn't my favorite. I think Eric liked that one. Yeah. Eric, what'd you like about the asylum? Um, I thought the set design for the asylum was pretty elaborate. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. That one had the um, that one had animatronics in it. Had several animatronics, so that's uh different the other ones did not have any animatronics so i really enjoyed that part of it um had a lot of air effects that kind of shoot at you and then some surprises as far as like uh where people jump out and stuff like that but um the park overall was really good if you've ever been to SeaWorld, i would say it's their first year and uh no doubt about it like they put the effort into it now how hollow scream 
is really like uh, an intellectual property from Bush Gardens, I think. They've been doing Hallow Scream in Tampa for a long time. Um, so they brought that to San Diego. And, uh, you know, if you've been to Knott's Berry Farm or Universal or Fright Fest, we're going up to Fright Fest tomorrow night. Um, if you've been to either of those places, any of those other ones, this was sort of a small version of those you know it's their first year so they had good scare zones i would say that i was really impressed with the actors the scare actors because they uh they all sort of had like roles you know they weren't just screaming at you a lot of them were engaging and trying to talk to you eric what was your favorite scare zone do you remember the you were you were sort of engaging with that girl that tall girl that was like on a hoverboard because she like floated around real quick she was on a hoverboard? I, yeah, she moved. She's, that she was, was awesome. She was on a hoverboard. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no recollection. The girl was trying to give us a hug. Yeah, that girl was yeah, trying to give you the cool. hug. She was really creepy. I, th I think another, it's kind of weird. I go to these things and people know me. It was like uh, there was one uh, scare actor in one scare zone, and he was like making these hand gestures, and then he pointed at me like he knew me. Huh. Maybe he thought he knew you. <laughs> so uh so other things uh there was what well, i think i think the highlight of the night the three the three haunts were good nothing to complain about uh production value they were really cool they had good lighting the sets were good there was so there were three there was the one that was like an asylum like a hospital where you check in and then there was another one that was uh simon's slaughterhouse and that was like exactly what it sounds like you know, a bunch of crazy people chopping up people inside there. And then um, the third one was... Oh. Death Water Bayou. Death Water Bayou. What did you think of that one, Ace? What do you remember think, about that? I think that was my favorite one because it was the first one of the night that we did. And uh, I don't know. I just, I remember enjoying that one better. I'd have to review my, my video see what we got. Yeah, I remember that one had, it didn't have any specific theme, but it did have really cool rooms. So, uh, and there was, you know, plenty of jump scares and all these things. So a bit of like a swamp? Like a Louisiana swamp? Yeah, there was some swamp. There was like a swamp area. Um, yeah, it was like, uh, I don't remember the name, but it was like this uh, one maze they had at Queen Mary Dark Harbor for a few years. Uh, not on the ship, but on the mainland. Oh, you that you're saying it was very much like that, right? Oh, okay. You know what maze I really liked was Voodoo at Knots. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Voodoo. Well, the second year Voodoo was really cool. They did it. Yeah. They kind of re-upped it. So the one you're talking about at Dark Harbor, Queen Mary, Eric, uh, I would say that that one was a much stronger uh, version of the Bayou and Voodoo Princess and Swamps. I would say that the production value on that was greater than what we saw tonight at SeaWorld. But, I mean, I'm giving SeaWorld like a big giant pass because this is their very first year of doing this, and I think they did a great job. Uh, I think that they're going to be able to add on to it, and I hope that it's wildly successful here in San Diego because we don't really have, you know, I mean, if you live in San Diego, you got to drive to Knott's. You know, you got to drive up to L.A., you got to drive up to Universal. And so it's really cool to have something like this right here, kind of on the most southern end of Southern California. So it really balances things out. Now you have SeaWorld, Disneyland, Knott's, Universal, and then Fright Fest. And of course, all the small ones in between. 
Yeah, there's a couple of independent haunts in San Diego. Yeah, Scare, Scare Ventures has something this year. I'll have to check up and check out the name, but they're doing it out of a bar, a local bar. Oh, no Sounds kidding! You're cool. in San Diego. Yeah, or in Greater San Diego. It's in. It's close. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, the I think the highlight of the night, aside from you know going through the haunted houses, was the show. And the show that SeaWorld put on tonight was fantastic. It was uh, called Vampire. What was it? Vampire. Vampire, the Vampire Circus. Vampire Circus, that's right. So uh, the set was really good. The music was good. The lighting was good. And the talent was really good as well. If you've ever been to a Cirque du Soleil show where you see acrobatics, you see they had, uh, you know, several different acts of people doing things that were amazing and make me feel like I haven't done anything with my life. Uh, when you see these people who can have worked out in the gym every day and don't eat Twinkies or soda and they uh, do amazing things physically. You know what I thought was really underrated was that guy who was running on the, the that circle thing that would swing around. Oh, the wheel. Yeah, it was like yeah, a... Yeah, the wheel because if... I mean, he didn't have any, like... Uh, he wasn't secured to anything. If he fell off, he could have died. Yeah, this guy, so... pretty high. So I posted a video uh, in two places. You can see it uh, on my Instagram, and you can also see it on the Spirits and, or Spooks and Spirits TikTok account. Posted lots of video tonight on the TikTok. I mean, the audience was pretty supportive, but I don't think they realized how difficult and... Um, dangerous. Dangerous what he was doing. Yeah, I think that was. is... Uh, that's definitely something that is very dangerous, but I know compared to some of the other acts, that's... A more common act. I've seen that quite a few times at circuses. So it was something exciting, but I wouldn't say as far as some of the other stuff in the show, it was something new. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's it's not it's not a brand new thing. But what I would say is that uh, this vampire circus had it had a good flow, you know, and it wasn't a short show like you didn't sit down. And it's like, oh, it's over. Uh, I think it was long enough, just long enough, and it had. Plenty of action with some comedy. There was a really cool knife-throwing stunt that they did. And, uh, yeah, the balancing acts were pretty cool, but I just there was nothing really death-defying about them. They were just more physical feats of strength, and they were impressive in their own right. But there was a couple acrobats. Uh, I think the girl on like the trapeze-type thing, and then uh, the guy on the spinning wheel, and then I think there was one other guy, but... He was being pulled by his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the show yeah. ended. You got to see this uh, if you don't make it out to SeaWorld. It's obviously way better in person. But if you look on my TikTok video, this dude has long hair and he ties his hair to a rope and he like swings violently in circles. Like you talk about turning around four times and losing your balance and falling down. This dude must have spun around 250 times. That'll mess up your hairline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I it was obviously the end of the show was sort of the highlight. But anyway, the vampire show was cool. I liked it. Um, I think the whole night was cool. I think they could. There's there's more they can do. You know, I think for for year two they're going to be able to build on to this thing. I think I'd like to hear maybe more uh, spooky atmospheric sounds throughout the park. I think that's one thing that was missing. Is uh, you know they could have 
maybe boosted it up if it if there was any sort of storm or windy sounds or creepy pianos playing or anything like that they could boost the volume of that so it was more pronounced and uh yeah i definitely agree i was talking to someone the other day and it was a very small thing and i don't know why they do it anymore but a not uh, scary farm you used to park near pioneer square or liberty square or whatever it's called then walk to the park and there's that tunnel that goes uh, underneath the street and they used to have this howling wind sound and for some reason they took that away but that small thing yeah that leads to forsaken lake now yeah that used that used to that that howling wind sound used to get me excited for going in and then when you leave it's like the last thing you hear it's like oh it's not over yet it's there's still this spooky wind sound and that was a small thing i mean all it was was a sound and that was like probably one of my favorite things and i don't know why it was just an audio recording but they took that out yeah yeah i mean that that's the cool thing about when you put people in a situation where they're already coming in spooked a little bit and then you just add a few little things and it just makes their imagination go crazy that's that's what it is you know it's you're not seeing the monsters you're not seeing props you're not seeing animatronics it's it's like a hitchcock film it's the unseen that's the most scary yeah you know the other thing um ace you wanted to see animals you know that's the other thing i've been to SeaWorld, but yeah i saw some rays which i thought were really cool yeah so ace and eric haven't been to SeaWorld in a while and so they were uh hoping to see more animals and i think that's one thing that would have been easy for SeaWorld to i wanted to see a freaking whale yeah yeah well they have whales there yeah. the other thing too is that they've got a big pool of dolphins that they totally could have let that go they have uh, also sea otters right right over where we were. So there's quite a few animals that uh, SeaWorld could have uh, made available to see. You know, maybe they weren't prepared as far as like the lighting. They felt like maybe if they had all those lights on in the park, it wouldn't feel as creepy because pretty much they kept the park pretty dark. We were walking around the dark. So uh, the other thing with the rides, Ace, what was your favorite ride tonight? Well, I had two favorite parts, and the first one was when we rode Electric Eel, that roller coaster, and my second favorite part was when we rode Electric Eel, that roller coaster. <laughs> we rode it twice. Yeah. That when we sat in the front, it was crazy. Yeah, the second time, Eric and I sat in the front, and uh, it was worth going, waiting to get on to the front for sure. Yeah, that's one of my favorite roller coasters in Southern California for sure. Uh, we're going to be up at Magic Mountain tomorrow night, but um, those some of those rides are just too big for my ass at this point in time, you know? I think that compares with anything that's at um, Magic Mountain. I mean, sure, Magic Mountain has a couple things that are a little bit more intense, but that was really impressive. It's the, uh, if you heard the last show, it's now the 23rd hour and I'm still conflicted. Don't know if I want to go see Nick Gage, the Deathmatch wrestler, or go to Fright Fest. The time is approaching quick, and I'm still having mixed emotions. You should bring Nick Gage to Fright Fest. Yeah, you got a <laughs> guest pass. <laughs> anyway, uh, what Eric describes in this wrestling match in, in Ocean Beach, OB, and if you know San Diego, OB is sort of this uh, hippie-ish beach area with uh lots of younger people have decided to 
live a homeless lifestyle and hang out there and smoke weed. So it's a perfect place for this, this wrestling match he's talking about. I don't know what's going to be scarier, uh, the two wrestlers that are going to be in the ring or Fright Fest. What was the one wrestler's name? That, uh, not Nick Cade, the other one. Oh, guys. Uh, it was a funny name. He's like a, Well, I just call him the evil Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald, that's <laughs> Not the Hamburglar? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so, the, so there was a band. Okay, so they had a DJ tonight as well. It was opening night. I would say it was thin. You know, San Diego doesn't, it's not like, Los Angeles County, Orange County, where people have known about Knott's Berry Farm since 1974, you know, so people look forward to it. So here in San Diego, we really didn't have that sort of push. And uh, I think SeaWorld needs to do some more intense marketing to get people out and support this. If you guys are anywhere near it, uh, go down and buy a ticket. Their tickets are actually reasonable. They're probably cheaper than any other amusement park haunt, amusement park haunt in Southern California, and it's a good time. I was at Scary Farm last night. Were you? Yeah. What'd you see? Uh, I was only there for a couple hours. I saw the two, the two new things, which was the Mesmer Maze, which was absolutely incredible. And then I saw the Goring 20s new Scare Zone, which was fun, but wasn't really scary and kind of lacked um, lacked a lot of decoration. It was more like high energy, more like a, a happy place, like where people were dancing. And uh, so I, I, I didn't really buy it as a scare zone, but the idea of it to have like a 20s-themed area worked. But the idea of calling it a scare zone, I'm like, this isn't really scary. This is more like fun. Huh, interesting. So at SeaWorld, they had the DJ area, and that's, I think, like a dancing sort of thing, uh, dance area. I think it, it was called Beta 7, right? Or that was the show? No, that, that was the... So then there was a band as well. Oh, that, now, was, that was the band. Now, I have to say, the band that I saw, I was not as impressed with. What I heard, just as we were walking by, um, maybe it was just not a song I liked. I don't know. But... Um, I wasn't too impressed with the band area. I felt like it was real dark and they should have had the stage lit up a little more, a little more of a fun party atmosphere. Um, the DJ area was cool, had lots of lights and stuff, and I could see on a busy night that that would be a fun way to end the night, you know, go on some rides. We did Journey to Atlantis. So we did three rides were open. We did Journey to Atlantis, which is probably one of the old oldest of the three rides there it actually is that's the water ride yeah so it's a water boat flume drop like you've seen on other places but then on the it after you go up you go up a escalator sort of a thing right like a roller coaster and you immediately just boom down the flume which is like 50 feet or something like that close probably similar to splash mountain and the one at knott's Berry farm and then you there's a big splash at the bottom and then you wrap around and this is the weird part this is the part that you hardly ever see i don't even know if there's another one like it but the boat goes around and goes into a little room and it's actually an elevator so now your boat that you just were floating in water goes up an elevator and then you pop out the back of the elevator and it's like a roller coaster track so the boat's now on a dry roller coaster track and it ends with another big splash 
that little girl's voice that narrated the ride that was creepy in its uh on its own i don't i don't remember that part yeah there was there was a girl that talks about escaping atlantis and i don't know it had like that dark ride vibe but her voice just kind of i don't know there was something about that whole atmosphere that was kind of freaky for some reason i thought it was a really original um attraction ride just uh going right into a drop and then taking the elevator back up and then doing the roller coaster the hybrid roller coaster uh almost like a water slide have you been, have any of you guys been on what's what is it a hydro coaster which is like a water slide that propels you upward no i haven't heard of that yeah, what is that uh, one about I forget, i'm trying to remember the name of it there's one at raging waters where you go on a raft and instead of like going down a drop you kind of go down a drop and then it has this propulsion system that can like push you up the water actually pushes you up against gravity like a half pipe yeah they yeah. have they have that at wet and wild in oahu also yeah so it's kind of a hybrid of a water slide and a roller coaster similar to this type of thing but oh, i've that, never been on one like this that's cool yeah i haven't i haven't uh i haven't seen that what you're talking about so what would you guys say um you know we've got let's let's rate hollow scream at SeaWorld uh based on some criteria so haunted house uh in the haunted house category do you feel like there were enough haunted houses do you feel like uh first of all were there enough haunted houses ace first uh, i don't think there was enough haunted houses there was only three i think they probably should have had at least five or six i think uh knots universal they have like seven or eight or nine, um, I'd say at least give us five. Yeah. They have definitely have enough room to, to put in like five or six maze. Oh yeah, for sure. Room is not a problem there. Uh, the uh, okay, so uh, Eric, enough mazes, just right. Well, what do you say? I'd have liked to have seen at least a couple more, also. Yeah, um, I think that being a haunted event definitely could have used at least one or two more minimum i think what ace was saying is i would be on board with that as far as uh five or six but again it's the first year so now uh let's talk about production quality of the haunted houses what, what would you rate it like one to ten one being like ridiculous like a high school haunted house and a 10 being like a universal haunted house i'd probably give them a seven but I think, I, I think they need to up that up to like a nine. I think they can. I think they're just. It felt like it. Fe they felt a little lacking. Like yeah, they could have added more. They could have added more actors. They could have added more design. So um, you felt like the design was also lacking. It's not in not in all of the maze, but overall as a whole, I felt there were areas of the of all the mazes that kind of felt. Um, flat and it could have just been the lack of scare actors too you know because when there's not something jumping around jumping out at you at every corner then you kind of feel like well what's going on so if there's not animatronics if there's not lighting effects if there's not scare actors yeah you do you, you get you start to get kind of bored in the maze you, you, they always got to keep you on your toes you know yeah i would say that the in my opinion um, I would give it about a six on scenic design. I think it was good. 
It definitely wasn't hokey in any way, but I think it's nowhere near like a Universal Studios as far as the attention to detail. And, you know, a lot of the haunted houses at uh, Horror Nights at Universal are um, intellectual property of movies and TV shows. So they have a lot to work with. You know, this, this was nothing really connected to these haunted houses as far as like famous intellectual properties or movies or TV shows or anything like that. So, uh, original concepts, yeah, it it was seems. all original concepts. So I would say that it was a, it definitely was n good, but I think that they could boost up the visual, the audio. Uh, like I know at some of the other, uh, amusement parks, they use smell. They have a lot more sound effects that are sort of tied to lighting effects, like more sophisticated uh, show programming. You know, and this one, yeah, I, I don't see so much of that. Any of that, because we just went to Universal, and the uh, the lighting and the sound effects and the the way they were synchronized was spectacular. Just uh, you go down a hallway, it might be completely dark, and then just boom, hits you with the bright lights, sounds right in your face, a scare situation. And it, it's jarring just because you, you, you transition from dark to light really quick, you know? Yeah, I think that's a, you know, that's a trick that uh, Universal did at Halloween Horror Nights probably about four years ago was the first time I saw it. What they had, and I think this is because they, um, you know, if you're one of these people who's in a haunted house or in a scare zone, you're yelling all night long, you're going to lose your voice, you know, the first night of the event. And so what Universal did was they put in like these uh, switches or touch pads. And so basically like the actors will hop out at you, but they'll hit a button when they do that. And that button triggers like a strobe light and a speaker that is pretty high volume with some sort of like uh, loud, either crashing sound or scream or combination of things. And I think that really works well because it's loud, it's light, and it's physical. And so, but again, you know, Universal's been doing it for like over a decade. So, you know, they've had a lot of time to work on the sophistication of the scares. And I think that's another area in, this, in the haunted houses we saw tonight. The sophistication of the scares was pretty basic. I mean, you know, it's people hopping out at you for the most part. But I've seen a lot more creativity in other theme parks and other haunted houses for sure. I'd say they had some pretty good animatronics because I think there was one or two animatronics that I saw that I, I thought might be a scare actor and it turned out it was no, it was just it was just a mechanical thing. Well, to me I would I I have kind of a different opinion. A 10 to me would be a long run standalone either extreme or immersive haunt where there's both production value and theatrical value I would give uh, like Universal an 8 I would give like 17th door alone creep LA uh, the old haunt heretic some of their shows uh, those are the kind of haunts I would rank as a 10 you know they run about 35 45 minutes as a standalone thing but the participant becomes actually involved in the experience. They're not just walking through. Um, you know, they sometimes actually do stuff. Stuff happens to them. That's more. That's much more different than a theme it's, park it, attraction. It's it's different, but on a scale rating, 
to me, those deserve a higher ranking. Just that's what I enjoy. That's yeah. that, that's. I would, I would agree, I would, Eric, I would agree with you on that as far as, like, uh, if we're going to call something a 10, definitely that experience, what you're talking about, those experiences are a 10 for sure, comparatively. But if we're, like what Ace is saying, if we're just talking theme parks, right, Universal, Knott's Berry Farm, Magic Mountain, SeaWorld. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you got to compare range. to. You got to compare to Knott's well, taking, taking everything together just as a big package, I would have to give uh, Hollow Scream. I mean, I would, I would say just, I would say a five or six, maybe closer to a six, but um, I mean, that, that's just me. Now, would you say, is, is your rating, you know, we're also comparing two other major parks. I would say that Fright Fest is probably the closest to see what SeaWorld did in the sense of age. Because, you know, we're talking Knott's Berry Farm since 1974, and Universal did a run like in 97, 98, 99, and then they cut out for five years, six years, and then they came back. So... You know, there's a lot more experience under the belts of those other two big ones. I'd, I'd give Fright Fest a five or a six also. I'd, I'd give Not Scary Farm. Um, see, and I'm biased because, you know, my ranking I put in tradition, I put in joy. You know, um, a lot of the times I go as media and I'm not doing the pre-scare buffet, which I really liked about Knots. Um, as a whole package, if I'm going to do the pre-scare buffet and everything and throw tradition in, I have to say that Knots and Universal would both be eights or nines. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I agree, too. Yeah. Um, maybe we should give them a shout-out to the PR team for what they put on for the media event, because uh, this is the first haunted attraction or a haunted theme park that I've been to where they gave you a little voodoo doll keychain <laughs> and a free t-shirt when you walk in the door. That was pretty cool. And it's an inaugural t-shirt. So this is the year one of Hollow Scream San Diego. So if it does become a big thing, you know, the t-shirt might become a collector's item. Yeah. Are people going to wear that or turn around and sell them on eBay? <laughs> well, I'm wearing mine. So. Yeah. I like to, I keep stuff like that. Um, well, yeah, I, I was upset. I collect them. The the press, uh, the press passes that they give you that that you wear around your neck. I was uh, when we were on the one ride. I turned to Steve kind of frantically and I said, "Where's my press pass?" And Steve's been to my house and he's seen all the press passes uh, on my wall. And I was like, "Where is it? Where is it?" And luckily, it was tightly stuck. Between his butt between <laughs> <laughs> it was tightly stuck enough between my lap and the uh, restraining bar on uh, electric eel that, that it did not fall off. And right now I have it securely in my pocket. Yeah, uh, the bat. So, so as that happened to Eric, I was wearing mine around my neck and I didn't put it inside my shirt. And mine ripped off on the ride and I lost it. But we had a guest with us that uh, is, she's going to give. Uh, me hers to keep because I have a collection as well. Um, so is there, I, I think the shout out to the BR team, the food was good, you know, so, and just so you guys know, 
was creative too. We were all we were invited as media. So just so you know, we didn't pay to get in. Uh, we got a free T-shirt. We got a little voodoo doll, doll keychain. We got hamburgers and mac and cheese and steak. It's green mac and cheese with uh, was it spicy Cheetos? Flaming on top? Cheetos. Flaming Cheetos on top. Yeah. It was actually really good. I just hope they didn't put mayonnaise on the cake. Eric has the thing about mayonnaise, even though he loves the eggs he with loves oil. Loves mayonnaise. He just doesn't want us to know. So. <laughs> Bays in it. <laughs> No, uh, and then of course it, they did a nice open bar just to throw that out there with like five different wines and a full full on open bar full bar. Uh, which yeah, that, well, there was a bartender that kept making me mai tais. And he tricked me into thinking it was some special drink that he was making only for me, and he's like, "Oh, it's a mai tai." And I'm like, got me. So yeah, so we uh, so we got in for free. So just FYI on that. Uh, that always. And you know what? To be honest, like that does have an impact on how the you perceive these events because, uh, you know, I've been to Universal Horror Nights many times, and we got a front of line pass tonight, and typically that's what is included for media so that we can quickly get into see everything, um, and it's way different when you pay sixty, seventy bucks and you have to wait ninety minutes for each haunt. Well, some, sometimes it's better when you wait in line because I w I've talked to people about this. You know, it, it has its trade-offs because when you're waiting in line, you meet other people and you have that anticipation that builds up rather than just walking straight into the maze. I just heard something in that room. That's why I went over to, to check. Oh. We're standing. And didn't you say that's the spot where that young woman killed herself? Uh, no, that's in the side, right oh, behind, directly okay. behind me, near the tree, is where the suicide of the daughter, Whaley daughter, was. But inside that room, this first, if you were to bring up a picture of the Whaley house or Google Earth it, uh, you'll see the front of the house. And if you're facing the house, we are set up right off the porch on the right-hand side. And there's a window there. And inside that room uh, is where... Old Town San Diego, or the original San Diego, they used to hang criminals there. Now that was uh, close, further to the left, wasn't it? No, that was on the right hand side. Oh, was there? But we're going to talk about. We're going to actually like shut this show down, and we're going to do a Whaley House show. So we, so if you want to hear that, check out the next one. I we're just. I thought the talk. hanging room is where the courtroom is now. Uh, that's not my understanding, but maybe you're right about that. So uh, wrap up on on SeaWorld's very first year. Uh, throwing a haunted attraction uh eric gave it a six ace what's your what's your overall for the event um as a scare park i'd, I'd give it a seven i think as a media event i'd probably give it like an eight or nine i think the pr department did a really good job in promoting the event i think they just need to kind of expand their promotions out to the general public and get more people out to the park because i think they'll like it it's a pretty good I mean, there, I, it's, there's nothing like that in San Diego. I'd have right? to agree, and uh, you know, it it, it it kind of felt like the soft opening. So maybe if there was more people there, there would have been, you know, like they say in the wrestling industry, the uh, you know the intensity in the air is so thick you can cut it with a knife. You know, maybe if there were more people there, um, 
you know, you'd be able to pick up more on that energy and the adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. you'd hear more people screaming yeah. in the scare zones and things. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, overall, I would say, you know, I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare SeaWorld's first year to everything else that's been going on for a lot longer. So, I'm going to say, I think for San Diego, let's just say, you know, San Diego County, uh, it's probably the best haunted event going as far as like a whole night of fun because... Uh, you get haunted houses, you get a really great, like, Vegas-quality production show, The Vampire Circus, and then you get some scare zones. You know, is the intensity what the other ones are? No. Um, but, like I said, for all of us here in San Diego who don't want to drive and come home at 4 o'clock in the morning with all the freeways closed, uh, it's, a, it's a cool event. I think it's uh, probably it's the biggest, newest thing going i think eric has a great point that you know on a busier night there's going to be that energy and i think that with a little bit of tweaking uh on the entertainment department side or who are the production side uh with you know maybe some more atmospheric effects going on throughout the park uh and then you know a little bit of more sophistication on the scares in each of the haunts uh i think it's going to be a home run for san diego yeah, and they've had, uh, it's been a long-running run, event, but they've had the Del Mar Fear Grounds, and that's not going on this year. Yeah, yeah, and then also absent this year up in Los Angeles uh, in Long Beach is the Queen Mary Dark Harbor. That's not happening either. Didn't San Diego have some sort of haunted hotel event? They still have that. Uh, actually, so there were two. There was a Nightmare on Market Street and the Haunted Hotel, both owned by the same guy. Uh, and they closed one down. They also do the Haunted Trail uh, in Balbo Park. And so, you know, those are all kind of tied together, and I think they sell, like, a combo ticket at Costco where you can do, like, the one at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. You can do the, you know, and then those other two. But that's driving all over the place, and it's like a single haunted house, and there's, like, an hour line to get into each of those things. So I would say that's a very different evening than going to SeaWorld, you know, and seeing everything all in one spot. So, yeah, so I, so I, um, I guess, uh, you know, I think it's a great thing what we saw tonight, guys. I think uh, it's going to be cool. I hope San Diego supports it. I hope people in Orange County want to come down and do something new and a little different. And, uh, and then we'll see this next year bigger and bigger and better and more dialed in. SeaWorld has some really great rides. I don't think they get enough credit how good those roller coasters and that uh, hybrid <laughs> water ride is. Yeah, the rides are awesome. Yeah, um, and like I was saying all night long, they're perfect for me. I'm kind of more middle-aged and uh, past those, you know, my teens and 20s where I want to go 300 feet down on Goliath or spin backwards and do crazy stuff like that. So Goliath is pretty fun. We're going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> Ace is going to get me on that tomorrow night. Now I'm wanting to go to Fright Fest. Yeah. <laughs> so no, Goliath the Goliath in the dark is so much fun. So SeaWorld's coasters, they had a 30-foot height restriction from the Coastal Commission for many years. You're tall, but you're under 30 feet. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that like Manta, they've got the Sky Tower, which is um, very, it's a ride. 
but it's not a thrill ride. And then they have the buckets that go over the water. And then they opened up Journey to Atlantis, uh, which is good, and it stays under that 30-foot height limit. And then they did Manta, which is a low-rise roller coaster. I don't think it goes much beyond 20 feet in the air. Uh, it's all down on the ground, and you go back and forth like you're a manta ray. And then uh, they've got uh, Electric Eel, which is one of my favorite roller coasters of all time. And, and Ace obviously was super impressed with it, too. Um, Eric, not so much so, but... No, I no. loved it. I loved <laughs> I'm it. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. So we all liked it. But the reason we like it is because that ride presents you with a whole bunch of different sensations. You get, like, the launch sensation. You get the hanging upside-down sensation. You get the G-forces. You get the drop. You know, you get the backwards launch. So it's like a, it's a small coaster. You look at the thing, it's not very big at all. I mean, it's like a quarter of any of the big roller coasters at Magic Mountain or Cedar Fair, any of those other parks across the country. But, uh, and I know it is the same coaster as is in other parks across the country, by the way. I don't, I don't know what this building to the right of me is, by the way, but it's making me very nauseous for some reason. Well, it's, that is the gift shop. Where you buy it was the, that breakfast burrito you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's where you buy your ticket to go in the Whaley House, and they've got books and memorabilia. Is that supposed to be haunted? Because that's making me kind of sick feeling. I don't think so. It's probably reflecting I, some of the Whaley House it's, energy. It's the movement of the, the tree that's casting a shadow on the wall that's kind of creepy. Spooking you guys out. Yeah. Yeah. So then the other, so there's one more ride at SeaWorld. It was supposed to open, but the pandemic put a stop to that. And that is Emperor's Dive. It's right next to Electric Eel on the southeast quadrant of the park. And that's like a straight uh, drop, 90 degree drop straight down. So that's supposed to open coming up soon. I think in the beginning of uh, this coming year, they're going to actually open that in the spring. Oh, one thing SeaWorld needs to do for their um, haunt park is just a little bit more of the animals. Because you don't really get to see any of them other than uh, some of the, like the rays and some fish. Maybe maybe a couple little sharks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They could do, um, I think next year maybe we'll see a second show with Clyde and Seymour. They used to do the... I miss those guys. The Spooky Kooky Castle, uh, which is a... Anyone who's kind of like 40 and over, 35 to 45, uh, will remember the Spooky Kooky Castle, which was uh, ran for 15 years uh, with obviously the kind of haunted spooky theme. So um, they could easily bring that back for this event. So that would be really cool. That'd be a cool addition, one more way to give you know, people buying a ticket, something more to do there. So anyway, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this show up where it's late. I'm, honestly, it's one thirty-seven in the morning right now. I would have been in bed, but these guys talked me into doing the show. And Eric's going to even, he's going to shove a, he's going to shotgun a Red Bull down my throat so we can get to Elfin Forest tonight. You can tell us a little bit about the Whaley House before we check out? Uh, no, we're going to do the Whaley House. Yeah, we're going to be doing an, ep uh, an extra Special episode, one time only. 
<laughs> That's right. One Show them the secret handshake until the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> inside, no, we're not videotaping this. Inside so joke, it. everybody. Okay, so uh, yeah, well, we're gonna wrap it up. And uh, thanks for listening to this show. Please recommend it to your friends. And uh, and I think if it hasn't been before, I'm now declaring as an empath and a psychic this gift shop haunted. <laughs> okay, haunted gift shop. Exit right. through the haunted gift shop. All right, guys, we'll catch the next show. It's going to be the Whaley House right here. It's late at night, so Ace was feeling energy. He'll tell you more about it on this next show. You are listening to Spirits and More Radio. Have a paranormal story? Tell us at spooksandspirits.com.